Blog Talk Radio. There's a hole in my heart. My soul is bleeding. I need to free my You feel bad, and your bedroom gymnastics just are plain done. You ain't on fleek. The best way to tap into your inner sexy is to find it with Nia Jackson. Yes, Nia is the owner and operator of PYC Studios. And let's, let's say you want to learn how to twerk. What about pole dancing? 
What about booty pop? What about just learning a sexy dance for his next birthday? Yes, she is here in Hoover. She will help you learn your pace, carve out that tone, sexy body that you have, while all at the same time teaching you how to be a beast in the bedroom. Contact Nia at PYTstudios.com or call her at 205-444-0066. Tell her the Empress sent you. Listen, have you been right at the point of ready? Perfect shoes, perfect dress, perfect hair, perfect makeup, and you look a fool. Well, we're going to stop all that right now. Kevin Foster is the person for you. Aside from him being able to travel to you, being known for his white tape series, he offers a unique experience that's very, very inexpensive. It'll be worth the money that you spend. Prices start at $125. If you would like an appointment with Kevin, call 770-407-9025 to set up. An appointment. Tell him that the Empress sent you. It's Instagram, Facebook, or on KFOS Photography. Tell him the Empress sent you. I'm here to do a job, and that's what I'm going to do. I hope y'all have been hearing me all this time. Have y'all been hearing me all this time? Because I've been running off at the mouth since the show started. Let's see if you can hear this. If you can hear this, just give me a a holler. of that you heard. Let's hope that you can hear me. Let's go ahead and see if my guests are on the line. Dr. Wallace, are you there and can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I can now. Yes, you can hear me now. You know, it's you know, I'm not going to say the devil did it because I don't believe he did. But it seems like every time I'm impassioned about a particular show, I have a certain perspective that I want to share. Uh, something always happens. But we're here, we're open, we're live, and we're going to talk about tonight. I don't know how much of the inter uh, beginnings of the show that was actually recorded. I have to go back and look at this. So I'll just say a little bit more about that again, just in case my mic was not open. It's just so not fair. But what I had explained to the listening audience is that I had been almost pushed to a point of having to address certain things, and I like to say it in a way that's correct, but it's uh, the truth of how I feel. And this particular issue is, of course, with the show that's coming on Oxygen, The the Prancing Elite, which is a a five- or six-guy dance troupe out of Mobile, Alabama, which happens to be uh, what I consider my second hometown. I went to school there lived there for several years before moving to Birmingham, Alabama. So it's uh, very interesting that they would pull this particular dynamic out of that area of of the world, I'm going to say. But, Dr. Wallace, I understand that you have a uh, website that has just almost gone viral 
in the last couple days over just a post uh, that you uh, either wrote or reposted to your site concerning this particular uh, broadcast. Can you share with us a little bit about that? Right. Um, It's interesting. You know, I've been following – and we have to, what we have to do first of all is distinguish that there's a difference between uh, what we'll talk about tonight on one side and on the other side. One side is the feminization of the black male image, and the other side is homosexuality. And there's a okay. difference between us. But uh, what what happens is because everything is merged together, and because anything that may be associated with homosexuality. Uh, becomes offensive. Mm-hmm. When, when anyone speaks out against anything that may be associated with homosexuality, it immediately becomes offensive to the gay community. And so mm-hmm. what I wrote on was someone, the same show that you're talking about, someone who knows me mm-hmm. and knows uh, my passion and about, about um, this, this, this machination of scheme uh, that has been in play for more than 40 years now to feminize and mm-hmm. homosexualize the black male image. They sent me an article where someone else talks about this particular show and how it's attacking the black male image and, you know, and, and, and you know, it's two polarizing views, which was extremely accurate in that aspect. It was talking about you have two polarizing views of black men. You either have them looking like saggy pants, thugs, or you have them highly effeminate. You know, one one is to create an image of them that makes people fear them, which justifies in the minds of in, in, the, in the mind of most people Why they are being slaughtered in the street By white cops On the other side is the uh-huh. effeminate industry Which is also uh, perpetuated by the media But it is to Not only make being feminine Okay for black men But to make it popular And, uh-huh. and, and, and that, that, that takes time So what I did is I wrote an introduction Probably a five paragraph introduction uh, to the article, and I introduced the article, but I laid the foundation of why this is so important to the black community and why the black community could, uh, needs to be concerned about it. Now, mm-hmm. when I addressed it, not one time did I address homosexuality. I dr- addressed mm-hmm. the feminization of the black male image. That's my concern. I have a stand mm-hmm. on homosexuality, but frankly, what you do in your bedroom is your business. My concern is when there's a, 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 a an intentional uh, design in place to feminize the black male image because the feminine black male image has no power to lead. No one will follow a feminine leader, a, a feminine right. male leader. It won't happen. And they don't naturally right. step into that role. And so well, without male black male leadership, black male progress is stifled. And so that's my concern. If we don't have men who, 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 who portray the natural, instinctive mannerisms of, of men, we, we lose our leadership. And that's where we've struggled so much over the last 40 years anyway, is in leadership. And it's not by accident. It's not a coincidence. It is by design. And so I'm going to address that every chance I get. And the thing is, I had let it slide because I was dealing with some other issues with the kids in the community. I had just fin- finished my latest book, so I was trying to get that straight with the publisher. And and but then when my my friend sent this to me, and she was uh-huh. like, you know, livid about it. And so uh-huh. you know, we talked about it and we we addressed it and we understand the importance of the black male image and how that pe- 
how that plays into the progression of black people as a whole. So back yeah. to the site. I write the article, and this site is because it's, it's promoting uh, black progress, because it is highly Afrocentric, doesn't get a lot of traffic. You know, I yeah. think the best day that I've ever had on this site has been uh, almost 7,000 vi- uh, visitors. I think something like six to 800 visitors. Yeah. In the last two and a half days since this article went up, I've had the first day it went up, it went up kind of late. So it was like 8,000 visitors. The next day it was 35,000. The next day it was 37,000. And, and and so it's almost 100,000 visitors because they're upset. I've been told I hope Oprah sues me because Oprah ain't had nothing to do with it. It's on oxygen, and Oprah doesn't own oxygen anymore. And she, But what I'm talking about, first of all, I never mentioned Oprah. Oprah the, the article that I introduced in, uh, mentioned Oprah. But second of all, I, I I have seen the darn commercial for the Prancing Elite only about a hundred times on own. Right. So it's being <laughs> right, pushed right. by yes, uh, by a network that's owned by Oprah. But but that ain't, that that wasn't my argument. But that's the only thing that they can combat it with is that you know it's not even Oprah. Well, that's not what we're even talking about here. What we're talking about is the damage that's being done to the male image, and that we can't have that. But so that that's what's happening on that site, which is. Uh, if you want to go check out the article, it's at www.theodysseyproject21.com. And you can check it out and you can, you know, put in your two cents. And like I said, the crazy thing is, personally, I don't have time to monitor mm-hmm. other people's sexuality, what they're doing, who they want to sleep with, and anything like that. But when there's right. a specific effort to portray black men in a certain way that's not conducive to the progress of black people as a whole, I have to speak out against it. Mm-hmm. Do I have a personal opinion? Uh, as far as homosexuality, yes. And if you ask me personally, I will tell you. Then we can go sit down, have talking, and kick it because I'm not. I'm going. Those brothers that are on this show that everybody's tripping out a bit. If I have a chance that I will sit down, and kick it with them, laugh with. Because that's not where I'm at. It's not about hate. And oh, before I go, I've got to address that. I'm sick and tired of hearing gays or homosexuals, whatever you, whatever, whatever you prefer to be called, using the term homophobia to strike out against anyone who might speak against their lifestyle or how they live their lives. First and foremost, phobia, a phobia is actually a mental disorder that is characteristic of behavior that shows a fear that is unhealthy, excessive, or irrational towards a specific thing. Hydrophobia is an unhealthy fear of water. Arachnophobia is an unhealthy fear of spiders. So homophobia would give the meaning that there's an unhealthy, irrational fear or paralyzing fear of homosexuals. I don't fear homosexuals. I don't fear any man. I don't fear your lifestyle. Your lifestyle doesn't threaten me. I'm not afraid of you and your lifestyle. What I have a problem with is when it's being imposed on other people. I also have a problem with people who fight have fought tooth and nail for the last 40 years for constitutional rights to live their life in freedom, but will squash the same constitutional right when someone speaks out against what they believe is wrong. Now, you have a right to live your... Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. No, that's okay. You have a right to live your life constitutionally. You have a legal right to live your life. I have a legal right to say I don't like it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, now, at the mm-hmm. same point in time, I'm not hating anyone. Like I said, I sit down on a daily basis whenever, whenever I'm out, because uh, I work from home most of the time, but whenever I'm out and I go sit down somewhere else to work, like maybe Starbucks or a bookstore or something like that, 
I'm constantly around people who are, uh, you know, who are gay or homosexual, whatever you want to call it, and we strike up conversation and talk, and they know how I feel. But I treat them with respect and care because, my, you know, I'm pretty sure it's something about you, about me and the way I live my life you don't like. Right. That's, that's right, life. Right. That's life. Right. However, I'm not going to put that part of my life on you. I know you don't like it, I know, so I'm not going to push that on you. And that's all I'm sitting up saying as far as that goes. And my whole thing with this trans and elite thing isn't about their homosexuality. It's about them being used. And see, their thing is they're just taking the stardom. They're trying to capitalize. They're trying to get paid. Right. They're trying to put their right. – they don't realize they're being played against the black community. So right. it isn't even personally right. against them. It's the situation that – and they're not the only ones. You've got people in the rap community being played. you got – Entertainment is being played in every aspect. If you're being a part of media and mainstream media is loving you, guarantee you, you are being used to the detriment of the black people because mainstream media is hostile towards blacks. Mm. Wow, I didn't think that. Well, I knew that. I knew that, and but it's like our, I, I, we don't celebrate heterosexual blacks in the community. We don't celebrate... Uh, whole homes that have a mother and a father in the black community, but for some reason, they, I just, I just think that it's on purpose. I, you know, a lot of people speak about agendas, and I, I, I can't help but see that there are some things that are purposely being pushed, particularly with black males. And to me, black males do not become as vocal. I can remember, do you remember the show that was supposed to be a sorority show with black sororities and it was uh, all of the black sororities were Greek organizations who decided to have a reality show. That show, under the umbrella of the Greek lettering for Delta Sigma Theta in particular, they got so fed up with the imaging that was being sent by one representative of this organization that it, 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 it didn't win. I think Wanda Rhymes decided that the show would not have a second season, and they didn't even finish the first season. Several of the members of those organizations were either suspended or expelled. Uh, some of the troops, I don't know if that's how you call them, but some of the little uh, uh, groups of women who were of those organizations have been reprimanded so not to participate in it because their person would – reflect the organization itself. And if we can see that that clear, I mean, it was just a petition is what stopped that show. A petition stopped that show, I think, three episodes, three or four episodes into the series, which I don't know how many shows that, that it was supposed to be, but they had to stop it. Let this me let me, let me explain show. something to you. This, this is a chance to talk about something else that we struggle with in the black community. Let me explain something to you. Petitions didn't okay. stop that show. What they it? signed petitions. See, a petition with our economic power behind it is just a temper oh, tantrum on paper. It's a temper tantrum on paper. And, and so we need to make that clear because, see, black people have been convinced if you just put something on the side, you sign a petition or you put something on the side and you go stand in front, in front of something with your sign, that you get results. Mm-hmm. No, the reason they got right. results is because those mm-hmm. sororities packed economic power in corporate America. Mm-hmm. If they okay. start freezing up their spending and start shifting their spending, people will feel it. Mm. And so you're talking about, you know, Deltas, AKAs, they have, they, they wield power in universities, in the political climate. Uh, you can't, you, mm-hmm. It's hard to go somewhere and not find 
a, a significant amount of them. So they have economic mm-hmm. power. So when they started mm-hmm. making noise, they realized this mm-hmm. is not a fight we want. It's not worth it. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. because it's not only going to hurt us with this show, it's going to hurt the network, mm-hmm. period. So we're going to back off. Mm-hmm. So we need to understand as mm-hmm. black people, that's something we need to pay attention to. It's amazing how those right. sororities get amazing. Now, this is the problem I have. I wonder why they won't stand up for the brothers that's being shot in the street the way they stood up for the Greek Baby, yes. The I'm Greek sorry. letters that mm-hmm. they were so feisty to protect. You know, what mm-hmm. if we had organizations like that that carried some economic, collective economic empowerment? That And another mm-hmm. thing, why aren't you in the community, community teaching some of that collectiveness? In unity, mm-hmm. instead of trying to make it be an elitist type situation, and this isn't an attack on right. any group or whatever, because I don't want to get off into all that. But I do have a problem right. when I'm looking at the struggle, and I see certain right. facets or pockets of power that aren't asserting mm-hmm. themselves in certain areas, but asserting themselves in mm-hmm. others. I would like to see the same mm-hmm. feistiness, the same, um, and you know, for me to say this. Uh-huh. Is you know because you know I have a great relationship with my children's mother and both of them are deltas. So you know when I'm saying this, you know I'm gonna have to yeah. deal with this when I get out. But you know, it, yes, it, it, it is what I it is. You know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. and 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 and, and, it, and it's crazy. I actually have my TV on right now, but I'm not. You know, it's all, the sound isn't on, and there goes a prancing elite commercial. But mm-hmm. so it's you know it, it's kind of funny, but the thing is, yeah. um, that that's that's the stand I took when I when I when I when I, I, I wrote. It. Go ahead. I, I want to know: Do you think that there's an appetite for certain types of uh, lifestyles? Because we're we're putting it under the the quote unquote lifestyles, the prancing elite is the lifestyle, the delta not the deltas. Uh, because I love the Deltas, just just by chance, just to say that I love the Deltas. But Greek well, life, well, that's obviously, a, that's I got a a lifestyle. Yes, you, yes, you do. Um, but, uh, so the you know, but the Real Housewives, like that too, is a money maker. Like the 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 highest uh, grossing um, uh, cast was the Atlanta Housewives, which who are African American, with the exception of the first season with. First, I think, in second season where there was a, a non-white person who was uh, a non-African American who was on the cast, but they made the most money, they had the most ratings, but we did not watch that. Um, other shows, but particularly this one, I think has the potential to be even more um, because it has a whole sex factor to it. Just like you said, I did not mention anything other than you know dummying down male. Uh, masculinity, because I had to actually look up the words to make sure that I was, tr- I was saying what I was meaning. I miss alpha male manhood being example. Period. You can't get it on a magazine. You can't look. You can't see it in a commercial. You, it's not anywhere. I mean, and, and it's really not in any other of the communities. But I wonder why they decided to have the black prancing elite because they're much more. I thought, but when I went to statistics, the statistics by the Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender Association says that the majority of those persons in that lifestyle. Are African American males that are gay? Right. 
when you talk about the highly, highly, what, 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 what most people call highly flaming homosexuality. Mm-hmm. See, first of all, you got to understand there's a lot going on, and there's a lot of merging of definitions, and it's mm-hmm. it's become everything is, is acceptable, everything is cast under the gay and lesbian flag. But when we when you really study and understand homosexuality from a scientific perspective and a historical perspective, mm-hmm. homosexuality between mm-hmm. men were masculine men who liked other masculine men. That's homosexuality. Okay. That's a man who likes a man. Okay. When you start taking on effeminate qualities, that doesn't make mm-hmm. you gay. That makes you gender confused. That means that okay. you're struggling with your gender. You're struggling with masculinity and femininity. It's not a homo- homosexuality, just like when it comes to homosexuality between the women. Homosexuality between the women, lesbians are two feminine women who like each other. When you start looking at the homosexual couples, one feminine, one masculine, that's gender confusion right. going on. Because now you got a person saying they're gay, but they like somebody that's acting masculine. No, you like right. men, but there are some things going on that has driven you to women, and we can't get into all of that tonight, but it's a lot going on. So you have to understand that. Put it all under the flag of homosexuality. See, I deal, like I said, really, when I work outside there, it's, it, because it's so prevalent in, in, in Dallas, in, uh-huh. in, in, especially in affluent areas, because uh-huh. the, one thing I can say as a general rule, they are fluent they, because they function together. They also understand group, group economics. They create a system, right. a system of privilege for one another. So when you generally you're going to find gays are affluent. So when you are in an affluent area, you're going to see more of them. And what I can tell you is, uh-huh. although there are some who are, you know, effeminate, you don't see white guys as flaming as you see black guys. The other thing you see is you see a lot of men that if you didn't know they were gay, Uh you wouldn't look at them and know. Those are gay men when you look at it from the definition. Those men are gay men. Uh Those those men are gay men. When you start looking at people that are, you know, especially when there's one that's extremely gay or whatever, you start to deal with with uh-huh. mannerisms and behaviors that have been adopted. It uh-huh. doesn't necessarily mean that they're not gay, but the feminine characteristics have been adopted because it's a part of uh-huh. the overall persona, an image that's been right. portrayed over the years. Now, the reason right. that you have more more black men who are flaming who, I mean, are just over the top is because they've been overly targeted with feminization. It's not simply a bar wow. It's for feminization. And it's two birds being killed with one stone. What you got to understand is when the gays in 1972, 1973 in San Francisco, when they were sitting and they were building the gay agenda, there were a couple of things that they had to deal with first. One of the first things they had to deal with, and, uh, was and you know I, Dr. Umar Johnson is more of an expert at this than I am, but uh, it's something that I've done a little research on after prompting from him. But basically, what happens is in 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 1973, there's a move by the gay community to covertly convince psychiatrists and psychologists of the uh, the American Psych- Psychological and Psychi- Psychiatry Association to come together and to remove homosexuality from the DSM, which is the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. To remove it, because at that point, until 1973, it was in the DSM as a mental disorder. So they they, they covertly uh moved to Uh move that. Now, simultaneously, there was an issue going on 
Uh, and see, this is what black people don't understand is they really and truly actually believe the political system is built for them, and they don't understand it. At the same time, there was an issue going on with the black population, and they were looking for a way for, to control black population. Roe versus Wade, what happened right here in Dallas, was the first move. It was the legalization of abortion. And, and they, didn't, they didn't make it about abortion. They made it about women's rights. Okay. And they says, okay, so since 1972 with Roe versus Wade, since then until now, there have been 1,800 babies a day aborted, black, black, black babies aborted, over 14 million uh, aborted. That's the single most uh, deadliest cause of black death in America. The second move was Henry Kissinger in 1973 sit down with David Rockefeller and told him that he thought it would be a good idea. Since that, And they knew, every, America knows everything that's going on. Nobody's behind closed doors doing anything that they haven't peeped out because that's what they do. So they knew about the gay agenda. They said with the DSM no longer calling it or treating it a mental disorder, that homosexualizing the black male population is a powerful birth control mechanism. It's a powerful way to control the black population growth. And so it there became from 1973 to now a steady population to where what was unacceptable is slowly being considered acceptable. And it's progressive. That's why you get people that got all fired up when certain people spoke out about the homosexuality and scandal and the homosexuality and empire. A bunch of people stood out. It's just one show. It's just one show because we as blacks tend to visualize pictures in a snapshot. We don't look at uh-huh. the progressive mechanism. We look at a snapshot. Yes, by itself, it has no power. You watch it keep right on going. But when you've had shows consistently over and over again, when there's consistently a portrait in front of you that makes homosexuality and feminization in men acceptable, uh-huh. then you eventually believe it's acceptable. Number one, it desensitizes you. The thing that used to make you uncomfortable about it, you're no longer uncomfortable. The thing that used to make you upset about it, you're no longer upset. The thing that used to sit up and say, that's just wrong, you sit up and say, well, that's the... Then you find now there were no greater supporters for the gay movement when they made their last push about five or six years ago. And then I think it was last year, year before last, that they got the thing, uh, the big push in the Supreme Court. They were, the, guess what community was the only community that was supporting them in whole almost? The black community. Wow. The black community was fighting with them, you know, side by side like they was brothers and sisters. And what's so cold about it? At the time that the Supreme Court ruled, the gays won, and the Supreme Court simultaneously struck down rights that the blacks had earned. They used our bill, uh, the right, our civil rights that we fought for to build their case. And then in the process, there were things that we had benefited from up until that point that got struck down. Did they come back and fight for us to get that back? No, they kept moving. They used us like everyone always does. We're so ready to include everybody into what we do and be on everybody else's bandwagon. And we aren't standing and fighting our own battle. So my thing is when people ask me, everybody's getting all upset. First of all, you know, I tell white people on my page that's over there upset because I said something. First of all, I could care less what y'all do. All y'all can go gay for what I care. I could care less. My concern ain't about you. My concern is about my people. I'm concerned about how it impacts my people. You know, if it didn't impact my people, I would be sitting up saying do what you want to do because I ain't got time for that. Whatever your faith right. is, speak on your faith. If your faith tells you it's wrong, stand on your faith. Don't let anybody tell you right. that you're wrong. Right. I am not about being politically correct. I could care, I could care less about being politically correct. What right. I am about is speaking truth and speaking what I believe in, and I understand that psychologically the impact of a feminized black man 
is devastating to the black progress that we're trying to make. That's the reality of it. You know, yeah. and I, I really I, I, had, wish I had the whole the whole two hours to stay on here and hang out too. with you, but you know I got to go in about <laughs> another 30 minutes. Oh, well, I do appreciate you uh, being on. And if you anybody wants to uh, get in contact with you, if you could share with us your contact information and your um, your program. Uh, right. Uh, right now we're working with inner city youth in a program um, that's working on multiple levels. Uh, the program is the uh, Black Community Empowerment uh, Initiative. Uh, we're in the black community. I'm working with a number of groups in, in the Dallas area where we're going in. And the goal is to find a way to counteract the miseducation of black youth by empowering our youth in the community, going into their community after they get out from school, holding classes, speaking to kids, uh, number one, empowering them with things like their identity, their history, exposing them to things that the education system isn't exposing them to, giving them a holistic education that goes beyond the attainment of academic disciplines because that's not an education. That's the attainment of academic disciplines. An education is the, the knowledge attained that equips a child to become an adult and live a prosperous, effective, and productive life. So that means everything from their history to their identity to their purpose to understanding business to understanding entrepreneurship, finance, economic empowerment, all of those things that we need to know as a black person to get out there and be productive and autonomous, not needing the said that is what um what what that is. But you can go to my site, uh, which is the Odyssey Project twenty one dot com. You can also reach out to me at um uh, you can reach out to me at Rick Wallace at Odyssey hyphen mediagroup.com or you can reach out out at me at ceo at odysseyproject21.com either one of those emails and you can get get at me that way and you know whether it's speaking engagements whether you want someone to come sit down and counsel whatever the situation is when it comes to black empowerment when it comes to uh situations with relationships and things like that i also counsel but this is something that we're working on in the process also pulling some of the leaders across the nation some of the major hitters across the nation together for a sit down in, in, in sit, sit down session to talk about some of these things but uh with that being said uh, i think that we have to really take the time to change the way we view things. Like I said, we view everything in a snapshot. So when you look at something in a snapshot, you're never going to be able to see uh, the progressive picture or the motive or the direction that it's headed in. When you look at things in a snapshot, it's easy for it to seem harmless. But when you go back, especially when you got a history of the media being hostile towards us. And I think Dr. Umar Johnson said something I think that's extremely important that we don't understand. It says that black people see uh, the mediums through which proper white, white propaganda, white supremacist propaganda, we see the mediums through which that is uh, delineated as entertainment. So while we're viewing it as entertainment, it's being used against us as a weapon. And right. we don't understand it, and we don't understand how it impacts our subconscious versus, you know, because we've convinced ourselves that we can turn it off when we want to and, you know, we can accept it or we can reject it. But the problem is there are impressions made on the brain in the subconscious. The conscious can control what you want to listen to, hear, or accept. But if the subconscious constantly is receiving a message, eventually 
that message will take hold. That's how people are brainwashed in prison camps in, in when they're kidnapped uh, in uh, intelligence agencies. It is something that is psychologically simply it, uh, it's, it's psych- psychologically proven. Uh, a good book to read is Propaganda uh, by Edward Bernays. Another good book to read is Brainwashed by Tom Burrell. You can also do a number of scholarly researches on research that's been done by Harvard, uh, Cornell. Uh, there's another one. Uh, wow, wow, wow. I can't pull it now. But there's another r- real big paper that I, I was just per- perusing uh, probably a couple of weeks ago. And all of them talk about how uh, media is used to control it. I think propaganda is probably the most simplest way it's been laid out, and Tom Burrell does a, 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 an exceptional job of showing how the media has been used to create an inferior com- com- inferiority complex with blacks. So we have to understand, this has been taking place for years mm-hmm. since, since the invention of, 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 of modern media. It's been used heavily. Radio, TV has been used heavily. And it's being used now. It's it, even our own artists are being manipulated, and it's being used through hip hop records and through other records to create inferiority complexes, to create uh, the feminization of the male image. All of these different things. Just listen to the lyrics. Look at what's going on. Not one song is going to do anything. Not one TV show is going to do anything. But when there's a constant bombardment of this impression upon the mind of any individual, eventually it will begin to take effect. It has no choice. And so, well, I, I want to, I want to thank you for coming on to the show, and I want to make sure you know that you can always come on here and 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 speak to us because I learn something every time. You know, I got my little notepad is lit up right now. If you do want to stay on the show with us, I would appreciate it. We have a second guest coming on after the break, but thank you so much for coming on with us tonight. That's my little, my new little uh, clapper that I have on the show tonight, but I have a couple of calls on the line, and before you go, I want to see if they have anything to say to what they've heard before we bring Mr. Essex on. 7198, I see you've been on the line with us the entire time. 7198, do you have anything to ask of Dr. Wallace before he leaves? No, I do not, but he is a brilliant man. Yes, he is. All my friends is brilliant. I try to tell Thank y'all you. that they are, and it's not because I agree or disagree, because we disagree on a lot of things. This one just happens to not be one of those. 9025, do you have anything to ask of our doctor here? Um, No, no, no asking anything. Dude, it's brilliant, man. I, I like your research study, man. Like, I'm just listening to you. This is Kevin. I'm a photographer. Uh, oh, Kevin, we're going to play your commercial when we come right back. Kevin got that fire going on, on the, behind the camera. 9098 before we take our break and come back with Mr. Essex. Do you have anything to say so far to the doctor? I need the line open, 9098. Uh, nope, I just joined. I'm just listening. Okay, well, thank you so much for calling in, Kevin. Listen to your commercial, and then we'll be right back with Essex Jones. Listen, have you been right at the point of ready? Perfect shoes, perfect dress, perfect hair, perfect makeup, and you look a fool. Well, we're going to stop all that right now. Kevin Foster is the person for you. Aside from him being able to travel to you, being known for his white tape series, he offers a unique experience that's very, very inexpensive. It'll be worth the money that you spend. Prices start at one twenty-five. If you you would like an appointment with Kevin, call 770-407-9025 to set an appointment. Tell him that the Emperor sent you. 
his Instagram, Facebook, or on KFOS Photography. Tell him the Empress. of our show tonight. I am so excited to have this next speaker on with us tonight. Not that I wasn't excited with Dr. Wallace. It's just this is the first time I've ever had Mr. Essex Jamil Alexander on the show. Can you hear me? And is our feed clear for you? Yes, it is. Thank you so much, y'all. Oh, my God. Okay. First of all, I want to say that I I searched Essex. I begged Essex. I'm just going to put it out there. I begged Essex to just befriend me because I promise you, I've watched so many of his videos on social media that it moved me to, I just needed to talk to this man because sometimes he would say certain things and my eyelashes were like on my chin and I was really not happy about it, but it was so true and it seemed to come from a very pure place and a very uh, real place. I had to know the essence of the man. I included him on the discussion tonight because I feel like he has something maybe of a different perspective when it comes to uh, the topic. Now, originally Originally, I had asked a couple of my friends on Inbox, Essex was one of them, just about how they felt about the uh, role of the black man or the, the extinction is what I call it, because from a female perspective, which is going to be different from what a, a man would say of themselves, because I, I just kind of akin it to this. We just got through talking with Dr. Wallace about how really influential that multiple feeds of media, whether it's by video, whether it's by song, whether it's uh, on television, whether it's just on, on, on things like Facebook and Instagram, it's very influential to a mind that has not made it uh, up, uh, a growing mind, a, a new mind. And I think that some of the feminization of men comes from this because if I recognize it, I'm sure that men recognize it. Now, I had asked uh, Essex to come on. First, introduce yourself to us. Uh, get a little comfortable. And I, I, just like I said before, I always give the disclaimer because I want people to feel comfortable with what they want to discuss. You do not have to say what you think I want. And, and the personalities of people who are on my show, they already kind of govern themselves that way. They don't really move by any other drum other than themselves, and, and tonight's show will be no different. Essence, if you could just uh, introduce yourself to us a little bit and tell us a little bit about your project that's coming up too. Okay, um, I'm Essex J. Alexander. Uh, my project is the Essex J. Project, and basically what the Essex J. Project is, it's a series of vlogs, um, different inf inspirational posts, and really the, the project is about love. It's about self-awareness, um, just basically educating a lot of our women um, and our men as well about self-love, self-preservation, understanding, um, not being taken advantage of. It does a lot with relationships and just caring for yourself, looking at things in more than one way. And I kind of do it through, you know, what some people call the brutal truth. You know, I tell you exactly what it is, exactly what I'm thinking. There's no sugarcoating to it. And I think that people take heed to that a little bit more versus always hearing what somebody wants them to hear. And how I necessarily articulate my message 
is a way that no matter what level you're on, from a Ph.D. all the way down to not having the education at all, you can understand and feel the sincerity, the pain, the love, the hurt, the, you know, whatever it may be that that message is trying to get across. You can understand that. You can feel that. And you can relate to that because that's something that we all have in common, which is love. We all seek some type of love. We all seek some type of understanding. And we all seek a place to where we want to belong. So I wanted to create something to where no matter who you are, you can come to this page and you can feel like you belong or you can relate and you can hear others and you can see others comment and leave their message or their information, whether it be, you know, stories of success and being strong or stories of how they've broken down but how they're winning and how they're trying and, you know, they're moving along. So that way you know that you're not alone. So, you know, this this project is a worldly project. It doesn't cater to one specific race or gender. It doesn't matter if you're gay or straight. If you, whatever it is, it's all about love and acceptance. And so um, to get into the topic of what, when we talk about the extinction of a black man, I want to say first that we all have the power of choice, okay? And so when we talk about media, and when we talk about television and we talk about these artists, every single artist had a choice. They had a choice to either make this song, make this video, this music, or not. But they made that choice. So even if we get rid of, because I hear this often, and I totally agree with the previous speaker, by the way, I think he's a very intelligent man, but even if we get rid of all of the media and the music, these individuals that may not be famous, still have an influence in their communities because they were famous in their communities first. And then from their communities, they grew and ended up going mainstream. Okay? When you study this media, when you study these people, they're not quiet in the basement and then all of a sudden somebody finds them and they get famous. They have a huge influence of thousands in a city locally that support them and follow them and push them to the media, picks them up on a national scale. But these individuals had the power of choice. And so if they have the power of choice, the next thing they have is a voice. We all have a voice. Like I use my voice and my power of choice to direct messages of positivity, honesty, truth, and to give you the real. That's my power and that's my choice. Okay? And so just like the previous gentleman on this radio station before, his choice and his power is to reach out to the youth in the communities and to go to different functions. That's his power and that's his choice. And so how do we make more powerful choices? We, we start, and everyone says this, we start with at home. But beyond at home, we have to install love and understanding. We have to install real roots. I've said this before, and not even to take away from this subject, but when I grew up, my parents thought that they were teaching me the right thing by put on a condom, do this, do that. They never taught me about soul ties. They never taught me about them things. So I always thought because I was putting on the condom, I was doing the right thing. Okay? Mm-hmm. So no matter what I did when I stepped out there with each woman that I ended up sleeping with and doing this and doing that, because I was protecting myself mentally, I thought I was doing the right thing. But see, there goes that power of choice and that voice. No one spoke up and told me something different from that age time, from that frame when I was growing And so I say all of that to say that we have to instill better thoughts, better movements with these people so that way even before they become these artists, 
Uh, the media doesn't have a larger control over us. We have a power of choice. There's a lot of underground artists that know what to say, but because the people don't want to hear the positivity, these individuals who have a talent are never heard. They're never, you know, they're never directed. There's some brothers out there that are so intelligent and they make amazing music, amazing music, but we'll never hear them because it's the power of choice of the people who don't want to hear that because it's not what everybody else is listening to right now. So again, now, I, we I have to start from within. Tr- there is some truth in what you're saying because I would say this, that one of the points that Dr. Wallace said earlier is that the an effeminate male would never be in lead, and, and, and that's true of radio, uh, television, artistry, and everything. And I think the, uh, when I look at the definitions of man and woman, uh, femininity, masculinity, and I'll cover that at the end of the show because I try not to have a whole lot to say during the show. When, when you look at those things, you, you know that there's a purpose placement with men who do not show express masculinity. And I'm not, and again, we're not talking about sexual preference, but it's all muddied up together. It's all put in the same bucket. So we almost address it at the same time if we address it, period. The the truth is, do you not see that there are some, um, there are some artists there are some, um, uh, I would say, public role models and social media type role models who get a lot more attention. They they get a lot more attention than would say uh, even yourself. I mean, you get thousands and thousands of hits on your videos and that sort of thing. But there are some um, very expressly, like overtly, feminized men and very. Uh, uh, de-effeminate women who get tons, like they go viral instantly just because of the sexual over and undertones that are obviously the opposite of who they are. Uh, Would you not agree that that too is a powerful uh, media that cannot be ignored? Absolutely. Anything, let me say this, anything positive, and, and, and I made a video that says don't let your positivity discourage you. Anything positive and solid that you do takes ten times longer. I've I've been sat down and had this conversation with about with the project. In the seven months that the project was launched, I've made a dramatic and enormous amount of accomplishments. But there are people who go viral in thirty days and Three months later, they have six-figure incomes and traveling and doing shows because of the negativity that they promote. Okay? Mm-hmm. So we know that that exists. We know that that's real and it's in front of us. But here we go again. Well, let's, when we talk about social media, the very people who sit up here and say, you know what, look at this foolishness, and they repost mm-hmm. it. Why are you reposting <laughs> this foolishness? Because you're talking bad about it, but at the same time, you're helping them. You're helping demoralize us. You're helping breaking us down. You're helping the extinction. When we sit up here and we see all of these brothers sagging, you're constantly posting pictures of it. So, therefore, you're constantly putting it in somebody's eye to see. Whether they like it or not, you're constantly painting that image and that picture of our people. Like right now, it's a lot of stuff going on in the world with the news. It's a lot of brothers out there fighting. We're looting. We're rioting. Okay, if you see that on your feed, 
type about it. Don't repost it. And people say, well, we got to share to the world what's going on. I hear you. That's why it's your power of voice because they put those videos out there not to inform us. Like you said, they're propaganda. Not to inform us, but to show how ignorant we are, how we're animals, how we're chaotic, how we're being – I mean, look at how destructive they are. Put this video on Facebook. Let it get a million hits and let them think that, oh, because it got a million hits, let me repost it. Okay, mm-hmm. so we're actually helping when we think that we're trying to make a statement and saying, listen, this is horrible. We shouldn't be doing this. You just put however many friends, friends and friends, you just reposted this video and helped it get however many more views to make whoever put it out there famous, create some type of money, some type of function, this monetary value. And now you're making this negativity successful. But the crazy thing is, is that when we see something positive on our feed, We'll read it, we'll listen to it, and we'll keep it to ourselves. We won't repost that for somebody to hear. Or, you know, there's been so many people that have come on my videos and say, what you said I think could help other people, but it's not for me, so I've never reposted it. But you mean to tell me watching mm-hmm. somebody fight is for you, so you reposted it? Right, you know, so right, it's, it's, that, right. it's, that mental, it's that mental condition that we have, and that's why we are losing, okay? Mm-hmm. Even these doctors... These therapists, the psychiatrists, they sit up here and they teach us everything out of a textbook and they have all of their knowledge and, and, they, and they go so extreme in what they believe and they throw all of their credentials around. So I'm not knocking all of that, but they throw all of their credentials around. But what they realize is that that book was written off of a group of individuals at that time. And so as we start to adapt and change to when that book was written, people are changing. It's almost kind of like what they say, bug spray. We throw this defense out around our house, but after a while, you got to change up your bug spray because now they're starting to get used to it. So a lot of what we used to do to try to protect our people, enlighten our people, give our people knowledge, you can't do that anymore. We can continue to try to because that's all we know how to do, but we have to be adaptive. we got to think out of the box. we got to be different. And I think, and I believe, and this is not even just to boast myself or to, to build me, but I believe that's why the project is so successful because I say it in a way that no doctor, no therapist, and no other psychologist or shrink will ever say it. I give it raw and real. And people haven't heard that in a long time, so now they're relating to it. Somebody told me, well, Essex is your language barrier. Okay. But if everybody up there that doesn't use that language is church, church going, and they're living a good life right now, if that's the only person that I cater to, what about the people beneath me that really need help? So it's like we say that we want to help people, but then we don't do everything necessary to really get out there and help everybody. And I'm talking about our black men. We say that we really want to help them, but then as soon as we see them, we judge them. Like right now, if I see a brother lost, okay, like I had a couple of transgender brothers inbox me, and they came to me like, listen, I know you're going to judge me. I stopped them right there in their tracks, and I sent them audio. I'm not judging you. Let me know how you feel. What's going on? I love you too. But, see, there's some men who's afraid to go tell that man that they love him as a man because he's a human because of the choice that he's made. But here we go again. If we want to help him because he's already made that choice or that decision, how do we help him or how do we help him if we're judging them? Okay? And that's where that love comes in, that we truthfully have to implement the love for this world, for our people, for our brothers, and we've got to be able to help in a different way. We've got to think outside the box. We got to come together. Like he said, he wants a group of individuals to come together and speak and be on this panel and do different things. Well, don't specifically target people that do exactly what you do. Have people who speak in different ways, different forms, different theories, different concepts, because the point is, even if we reach 30 more people than what we would have reached, 
from reaching, from keeping everybody on the panel that speaks the same, let's reach those 30 more people because that's 30 more people that wasn't reached before and now we're growing. So when we talk about the extinction of the black male, we have to be able to adapt to help our black men. We got to think outside the box. We got to come to them in a different way. We got to be stronger as people. We got to stop judging them. We got to really sit down and start reaching these young men and these women. And I tell people a lot of times, these brothers will only be stronger through some of these women. And they don't understand that. Women is such a huge influence on men. But if these women continuously start to get weak, these men can do what they want to do. We fall into these charades. We fall into the society. We fall into the norm, which is killing us. Again, overall, we have to be stronger. You know, and, and, I, and I don't know how to say that um, any more than, than what I'm really doing is that as a society, you know, when we talk about just our black people in general, we focus on, on a black man or a black woman. And I feel like, okay, we focus on our, we focus on our people. And we, and we help and we build our people. But what are we really doing to build? Because it's like as soon as we say we're helping, we talk about how bad our people is. Listen, we already know how bad they are. What are we going to do? We talk about the, you know, the oppression of our people. But we, we talk about it so much, not saying that we should forget it. But I, also, but I mm-hmm. almost feel like we talk about it so much because that's what we always end up doing. As we're more so talking about it than what we are actually trying to do something about it. It seems like talking about it and being able to talk about it in different ways on an intellectual level or, you know, whatever level is almost good enough for some people because they can actually carry a conversation about it. But what are you actually doing to change it? What are you doing to understand? What are you doing to reach these brothers from a young age before they lose themselves, before they become lost? What are you doing? Uh How are we teaching them the, the power of their voice, the power of choice? Because that's what it comes down to. Because if you say that this is an influence, whatever you do, those are the two things that are the largest influences in this world, the power of your choice and your voice. It's what we do and what we say. The number one marketing tool is word of mouth. That's the number one marketing tool. Everybody's talking about this person. They know that. So then we get into terminology. We get into our vocabulary skills. We get into what we call each other. You know, And, and that's something that's powerful. That's why... As mothers in this household, bring your big head butt over here. No, King, come here and sit down. We don't even realize that. So it's, so it's like we sit up here and we preach about how we're trying to build, but the very little things that adds up to make this big issue, we're ignoring. And so that's why we're losing. Stop, stop calling these kids big head and knucklehead and peanut and juju and everybody, all these nicknames. If you want to nickname him, nickname him King. And inspire him to be something great. Because what is Peanut going to do? And I'm not taking away from nobody's nicknames, but it's all about terminology. So when we speak, we have to speak power into our existence. And what do you want this young man to be? That's your choice. Now, there's a lot of people that's probably listening. It's like, you know what? That doesn't make sense. I can call my son what I want to call him. I called him this for 20 years, and he came out fine. That's your son. But here we go again. The world is changing. So we're losing more, so now we have to change things. If everybody around the house was called kings and queens, prince, princess, it would spark something in more than most. It may not work for everybody, but it would help more. And even if you don't call them king, queen, princess, prince, whatever, call them something powerful. Name them something powerful and spark their interest and question, why did they always call me, you know, this? 
This is my name. My, well, see, name, my I, name means something powerful. Now, I had a show on the power of the name, and since we're talking about um, name calling and that sort of thing, the, the, the title of the show that inspired this whole conversation tonight is The Prancing Elite. And, of course, we know what elite means, and prancing suggests some of the feminine feminine characteristics of females. But, again, the show is about uh, gay men. And, you know, being a gay man has uh, its own – the doctor just just broke it down to you, and I'm trying not to do the, the end of the show too quickly, but when we when we when we refuse to accept uh, what someone has made a choice to do, and they put it in your face, how can you love? I'm not saying how can you love, but how can love help me not respond to you exactly how you're pushing this on me? Like I do believe I'm a love person too, Essex. You, you wouldn't even you wouldn't even know that because I, I I don't have thousands of hits and I don't make a lot of love videos, but I'm a love person and I believe that love is a curative for a lot of things, but the type of love that allows you to tell the truth to a person is the type of love that I think is devoid in a male, even if he is gay, when he's willing to label himself as a dancing prancing, a prancing elite. I mean, do you say that that, that love can still uh, conquer that or that there is even a problem because when we first started to talk about this show you and I um, we did make it clear that we're not bashing anybody we're not uh, damning anybody's personal sexual lifestyle but when it comes to something that's put right up in your face the opportunity for me to have an opinion when it's forced may not be what what someone else likes. And you, you've even said that people let, have let tried you, to love, put you in a category. Go ahead. They have. They have. At the end of the day, to me, love is the most powerful thing on earth in the world. Mm-hmm. I believe that, so, so a part of me believes this. The whole gay community, and this is not bashing them, but the whole gay community, being gay, being bi, the only reason why the numbers are spiking in our men is because it's something that is so intriguing because it's that taboo. We're really not supposed to do it. As people of the world, we're intrigued by doing things that we're really not supposed to do. That's why drugs are so successful. That's why pornography is so successful because it's what we're not supposed to be doing. Okay? Mm-hmm. So people are hiding and it's just, oh, you know, I, you know, I wonder what this is. And, you know, people, because there's so many questions about it, because don't nobody know, you know, people, at the end of the day, there's so many different, Lifestyle in that lifestyle. Okay, I've interviewed mm-hmm. a couple gay men, and one of them was highly intelligent. Mm-hmm. It was a white male from New York, and he sat down and told mm-hmm. me, "Anybody that talks about the gay community will never understand the gay community until they sit down inside of the gay community and learn us from our point of view." Not saying that they have to be gay, but they have to be friends just and spend time with us and learn us from our point of view to truthfully understand this. I believe him. Mm-hmm. I truthfully believe him because we can sit up here and look from the outside in and, and, you know, interview these men. But as we're interviewing these people, how do we know that these people are truthfully giving us what we are asking for? We can only go off of what they're giving us. There's a bond, if there's a code, if there's this thing between these individuals to where they don't really put it out there because we're not gay. 
but we're asking all of this information. They don't feel that we should have this knowledge. Even the ones that come forth and tell all of the secrets, how do we know that those individuals aren't necessarily damaged from the situation and thinking about not necessarily living that lifestyle anymore, so they're giving us their interpretation of it. So until we sit down and truthfully become at peace with this situation and learn it, not saying to be gay, but to learn it and to respect it in its own different way, how can we truthfully say, well, what are we doing to prevent our men from going that way? Being gay has been around for thousands of years, hundreds and thousands of years. And you go back in society, there were men back in the Greek and Roman days that were gay men. Through the stories in history, there were things of men being gay back then. Okay? I think because everything in our society is so amplified now to where everything, like think about it, people have been smoking for years. Natives, and, and, but now it's something just to do with, and the media is amplifying it. But it has been going on for years. So this war against drugs, against, you know, being gay, you know, us losing our men, this war has been, been building up for years. And we never, ever paid attention to it because it wasn't necessarily a bad thing to do because we didn't have so many different comments and, different attitudes and different personalities in today's social media. We're not glorifying it. We don't have, you know, there's so many different perspectives to where that's your feeling, that's your approach about it. But at the end of the day, if you really sit down and you love these individuals and you teach love from within at a young age or whatever age, there's nothing that we can do to control the power of one's choice. It's just educating their choice. There's a lot of men who are gay because they mentally been through something. They were molested and this and that, or they go to prison and they end up, things end up happening. But here we go again. If we teach them the power of choice and love, self-preservation from a young age, and really install that and then put these different terminologies in our young men, our young black men that are growing up, give them something to be proud of on a different level, then it helps reduce and start eradicating those numbers that we're fighting. Okay? And, yes, media is against us. You know, but here, but here we go again. What doesn't help us is, and this is not attacking any religious churches, or anything, but this doesn't help us. We put our faith in our leaders when we fail to realize our leaders are human too. We put our faith in these pastors and these deacons and, and you know, these men that are so profound, including I myself. So many of my lady followers put so much into me. I have to remind them I am a man as well which means I can get weak, I can fall, I can also make mistakes. Don't ever forget that. And so what happens is we put all of this faith, all of this belief into the entire world leaders, to these pastors, these preachers, to these men who are up there, who are recognized. And then when these men fall and it's publicized, the first thing everybody says, well, hell, even the preacher's doing it. And so then it becomes a little bit more acceptable. But that's because we put so much belief and we idolize someone when the only person that we're supposed to put that much belief in is whoever your higher power is, Yahweh, God, Jehovah, whoever you believe in. And that's where we're also making mistakes at. Now, I'm not saying that we're not supposed to respect these men and honor these men for the deeds that they do that are good deeds and to help our people and to lead our world into a righteous path. But don't ever forget that they are just men, okay? We are guys, not God. And that's where we also make grave mistakes. You know, we look at some of these stars and we look at some of these people in the entertainment world and we idolize them so heavily to where what they do, we take heed to. But at the end of the day, they are just, okay, and they make mistakes and they're wrong and they're not right too. So here we go again. We have to teach 
from our seeds from a young age before they bloom, before they grow into these roots, into these strong trees, into these flowers that exist today in our world, to these kings, to these queens, to our prince, to our princesses. We have to teach them, look, these are still just human beings. But then they watch mom and dad idolize them. Girl, did you see what Beyonce did? Oh, did you see what Jane just dropped? That's all we talk about. But we're not talking about building ourselves. Well, what did you just do? What did you just drop? What are you building for your family? You know, the conversation is about everybody else in the home, but what's actually going on in that home. You know, mm-hmm. and so here, we, but in, and again, that's the power of your voice and the power of choice that we have to implement from the beginning of time when we raise our children. I teach my son all the time. No matter how cool this kid is, Cameron, he's still a kid, okay? And you're a kid too. So whatever he do, don't be disappointed. He's still a kid. He's gonna make mistakes. You know, and whoever I date, I tell him I, I dated a few women who were extremely, extremely heavily, heavily religious into their church. And I said, okay, I, you know, I agree with him, but I don't all the way agree with him. Well, don't talk about pastor such and such such. And, and I realized you put so much into this man to where if this man makes one mistake, even though he's human, you're going to be devastated. Well, you should put all of that energy into your higher power. Respect this man for his work, but also realize he is a man. Okay, so a part of our extinction is we put too much into people. We really do. And we have to realize that people are still people. And we can't idolize these people. Okay, and we, again, it's the power of choice and it's the power of voice. And we have to learn from the beginning. We can talk about all of these different techniques and methods to make things work. But it doesn't help if you don't teach from the beginning. Okay, and if we want to get rid of something, we have to find a root cause of what's happening and handle it there. Not to ignore the battles that we face in front of us. But we also have to start from the room. You look bad, you feel bad, and your bedroom gymnastics just are plain done. You ain't on fleek. The best way to tap into your inner sexy is to find it with Nia Jackson. Yes, Nia is the owner and operator of PYC Studios. And listen, let's say you want to learn how to twerk. What about pole dancing? What about booty pop? What about just learning a sexy dance for his next birthday? Yes, she is here in Hoover. She will help you learn your pace, carve out that tone, sexy body that you have while all at the same time teaching you how to be a beast in the bedroom. Contact. Listen, have you been right at the point of ready? Perfect shoes, perfect dress, perfect hair, perfect makeup, and you look a fool. Well, we're going to stop all that right now. Kevin Foster is the person for you. Aside from him being able to travel to you, being known for his white tape series, he offers a unique experience that's very, very inexpensive. It'll be worth the money that you spend. Prices start at $125. If you would like an appointment with Kevin, call 770-407-9025 to set an appointment. Tell him that the Emperor sent you. It's Instagram, Facebook, or on KFOS Photography. Tell him the Emperor sent you. Listen, I I don't know what is happening. My little my little uh, board is still lit up. I see everybody that's still on the line. I got Essex on the line. I got Dr. Rick Wallace still on the line and a couple of callers who are on the line. I want to ask, uh, see if the callers have anything to ask of our guests before we go and then reintroduce them to you before I go Empire. 9098, can you hear me? And did you have any questions for our guests tonight? 
I can hear you loud and clear, and no, I don't have any questions. I'm really actually just enjoying the conversation while doing schoolwork. <laughs> Thank you so much. And 9025, I think I know who this is. Did you hear your commercial, Do Was it good for you? Was the discussion good for you? Yeah, yeah, it worked for me, man. I appreciate it. Oh, you're so welcome. Listen, here on the Empire, I try my best to uh, advertise and do those things that I would want done for me if I was an entrepreneur or someone like that. I do want to thank again uh, Essex and Dr. Rick Wallace for being on tonight, and we'll let you two have about five minutes apiece to uh, say your, your, your piece with the conversation uh, or just to uh, advertise for yourself and for upcoming events. Let's start with you, Essex. Yeah, definitely. I want to say thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. I appreciate everybody listening in. Um, if you want to follow me on Facebook, you can go to Essex J Alexander. My YouTube is underneath Essex Alexander. My Instagram is at the Essex J Project. Um, you can follow me all of my videos, and then also on my page there's a link to my fan page, which is Essex J. You can check me out. And also, I want to say to everybody out there who's listening and may be involved with helping someone or trying to help someone. I thank you. You have my information. Always contact me. I'm always willing to gain knowledge, work with others, build, and do what's best in order to reach our community, whether it's from the men, the women, the children. And also, I want to say, Dr. Wallace, I was listening to you. I admire you. I think you're a very intelligent man. And I would love to sit down with you another time after the show or later on in the future just to conversate. And hopefully, we can uh, build and grow with each other and, and definitely help out our community and the world in any way that we can. Mm. See, that's that, and the Empress put, pulls y'all together, pull y'all together. Dr. Rick Wallace, did you hear that from a guy exit? you have a little bit of something to say before we uh, go Empire? Uh, yeah, first of all, I definitely appreciate that, brother. Actually, the reason I stayed on the phone is that I was listening to the young brother, brother speak, and I was hearing a lot of what he had to say, and I think that it's uh, definitely some things that needed to be said and some things that needed to be heard, and I just thought that I might be able to add some clarity to some of the things he was saying that may not have resonated with everyone, but I sort of got where he came from. Uh, first and foremost, what the first thing, the first point he made was the freedom of choice. I think that mm. that's extremely important. The freedom of choice is extremely important. It's something that we have to be aware of uh, because when you don't acknowledge that you have the freedom of choice, you become an eternal victim because you're going to always blame the system. So when I point out the system, I'm not saying that what the system is doing has us in a, some, in a situation that we cannot uh, overcome. What I'm saying is we have to be aware of the machinations of the enemy in order to overcome the enemy. There has to be a strategic manner of doing that. Now, what I will also say, though, with the freedom of choice is you can only choose that which you know you have a choice to choose. And I think that's what he was talking about, education and empowering our children from an early age so that they are aware of their choices. Uh, you know, he mentioned his mom teaching him you know, his parents teaching him about putting on a condom. Well, uh, then he started, He said he didn't understand anything about soul ties and all those things like that. So all the spiritual mm-hmm. fragments and everything that took place every time he chose another sexual partner, he wasn't aware he was choosing it. So that choice wasn't mm. available to him because he didn't know. So what we have to be careful of when we start looking at our artists, what we have to understand is I don't think that, we, we say our artists have choices, but what we have to understand is when you come from an impoverished neighborhood 
and the only thing you have is your skill set because you've worked on that skill set because in your mindset there are three ways out of the hood, dealing drugs, being an athlete, or being an entertainer. You haven't been because you haven't been exposed to other choices. You haven't been told because the, the paradigm has been introduced to you that that's the only way out for you. Now you have a record executive that shows up to you and says, here's a $500,000 signing bonus, but these are the type of lyrics we want from you. In other words, we hold creative right. control. We hold creative control. You know, I know you've been spitting that good stuff and you got everybody fired up about you with your conscious stuff. That's not what we want. We need some bitches. We need some hoes. We need some of this. We need some of that. We need you talking about this, shooting somebody, doing a drive-by. We're going to need all that up in there. And if you can't do that, we'll get a $500,000 to somebody who will. How many kids in our neighborhood have the strong character and a faith in themselves enough to know that they can get that 500000 another way? Because if you don't have you don't have that instilled in them, they don't have a choice. They're going to take that money right. and they're going to make an album. And so what you have to understand, uh-huh. the lyrics aren't, aren't coming from them. The lyrics are being given to them. They get to write about uh-huh. it, but they're given the content which they have to produce by the industry. I come out of the industry, so I can tell you exactly how all that works. So what we have to understand is uh-huh. the media is set up and it's hostile towards us. And we have to give our uh-huh. kids the choices that go beyond the medium. And so that's extremely important. Uh-huh. Now getting to the part about love, and then I'm going to jump off of here. Uh, but I had to stay on. I had to give the brother his kudos. But uh, the, t- the part about love, what, what I get from love is uh, I love black people. And I don't exclude anyone that acknowledges they're black. Now, those people who done forgot they're black, I love them uh-huh. at a distance. But as, as a general rule, I love black people, and I love my, my black people unapologetically. And what I mean by that is I, I, I don't apologize for the way I fight for my people. I don't apologize for offending anyone because I speak up for my people. I'm not here to be politically correct. I'm not here to earn the approbation of men. I'm not here to be popular. I could care less about any of all that. I tried it all, and it didn't work for me. Uh, I'm about fulfilling my purpose. I'm about living out my destiny, and that's empowering my people. And you empower your people, and you love them, like, like he said. I can sit down and love on a, a, a gay brother the same way I love on a straight brother. It doesn't matter to me. You're a brother to me. And what you're going through, and what, what happens is what, what love means to me is when I sit down with you because I've counseled gay men. Now, and, and there's a difference in counseling and interviewing. Interviewing, you get to talk to them once. Counseling, you get to unpeel the layer. You get to understand what's behind it. And what I can tell you is this. When you go in to help a brother, a gay brother, the first thing that you got, the first thing that love tells you is you got to be willing to understand that he might not change, and you're gonna have to be okay with that, and you're still gonna have to love him afterwards. That's love. It doesn't mean that you're gonna tell him you, you think what he's doing is okay. If he asks you if it's okay, you'll tell him no. But I love you anyway. Uh-huh. If you need me, call me. Uh-huh. I got you. Uh-huh. And, and, and that's okay. what it is about. You know, that's that, that's what it's about. It's about understanding that everybody's struggling with something. And if we don't, and then it goes back to something that I think you were trying to uh, bring to the forefront when you asked the question. See, the thing is, we've got to start modeling manhood if we want to overcome what media is doing. See, the reason it's so easy for our young brothers to be captivated by this, because see, what you have now, you got a bunch of kids out there participating in homosexual acts who aren't homosexuals. That there's an entire Fad and trend that's popping off now that that they're doing it because they think it's cool, 
But what happens is mm-hmm. that's because there are not enough men. See, when, that's what happens when there's a mass incarceration of black men and you have a high population of black men and you only have 83 black men to every 100 women, and then out of that 83, 40 of them are gay. Mm-hmm. And then another large portion are in prison. So you don't have a large amount of uh, uh, people that are doing, that are modeling masculinity. So they don't see it; they see everything but. And so, what you what what, mm-hmm. what you got to do is give them that choice. You got to give them something and show them what it is. Just like you know, your son learns. Uh, I, I tell people all this time. You know, you know, when I talk to women about, you know, there's a difference in providing for your child and raising a man. You can't you can you can raise him, but you can't teach a man to be a man. A woman right. cannot, under any right. circumstance, teach a man to be a man. For, from the simplest thing, you can't teach you can't teach your son how to pee standing up. That's something he's going to watch his daddy do or another boy do, somebody else do. You can't teach it. Right. It's done through modeling. So it's the same thing with masculinity. It's done through modeling. Every part of that malehood development is done through modeling. You talk to him and you tell him, but you, he better see you doing it or it's not going to register. Right, and so that that that's that's what we want to get. We talk about the extinction of the black man. That's a that, that's that's a real possibility, if we don't mm-hmm. get a grasp on what's happening right now. Uh, you know, everybody wants to talk about everybody wants to talk about how strong they are. Ain't nothing happening to me. But what I look at when everybody starts talking about man, you know, it's, it's you know it's this and it's that. You know, the media ain't doing this, the media can't do that. Blah blah blah. What I simply point at, I say, let's look at seventy three and look at now. You want to tell me that the media ain't accomplished something? Look at where we are as black men now compared to where we were then. Oh, I think the Black Panthers were moving strong back then. That was a strong black male image present. But as they began to subside and they were beginning to be imprisoned and killed, they introduced Uh homosexuality and feminism. And that began to move slowly and progressively over the next 40 years. Not strong enough that any one thing caught your attention but subtly enough and consistently enough that over time it shaped your paradigm. It worked because look at where we are today compared to then. So you can't tell me it's not working. Instead of sitting up trying to act like we're so tough and ain't nothing fooling us, we've been getting fooled since we got here. So we need to stop acting like we ain't been. We've been handled since we got here, and it ain't working. We need to start over instilling things in our children to counteract that which they are doing. We can win this thing. We can't. But it starts with being actively involved in engaging our youth and engaging our men and engaging our women. And, you know, I just want to commend you on uh, what you're doing. Uh, keep up the good work. Keep fighting. It's not easy. But nobody wants to hear the truth because the truth is about the most uncomfortable thing going right now. So nobody wants to hear it. They're going to attack and whatever. Uh, anybody that wants to get at me can check me out on Facebook at Bishop Rick Wallace. Uh, on Facebook, you can check me out on YouTube um, as Rick Wallace on YouTube, uh, on my YouTube channel. You can check me out at Rick Wallace 21 on Twitter. Um, and, you know, if you want to get at me, get at me. What I'm about is meeting up with people and sitting down with people who are actually ready to take action. I don't spend a whole lot of time, and I think the Empress here will tell you. Uh, my time uh, expounding on things on Facebook has gone down drastically. Me participating in discussions and debates has de- definitely totally dissipated, not something I'm interested in. If you're talking about real solutions and you want to follow up the conversation with action, get at me. If you just want to kick it on Facebook and talk about what's happening, miss me with it. Uh, with that being <laughs> said, I'm I'm out. 
That's just who I am. That's what it's about. I'm about making a difference. You don't make a difference on Facebook. Thank you so much. He said, miss me. He said, you can miss me with that. Kevin, one more time, and then I'm going in power. Listen, have you been right at the point of ready? Perfect shoes, perfect dress, perfect hair, perfect makeup, and you look a fool. Well, we're going to stop all that right now. Kevin Foster is the person for you. Aside from him being able to travel to you, being known for his white tape series, he offers a unique experience that's very, very inexpensive. It'll be worth the money that you spend. Prices start at $125. If you would like an appointment with Kevin, call 770-407-9025 to set an appointment. Tell him that the Emperor sent you. Instagram, Facebook, or on KFOS Photography. Tell them the impressage. Okay, so this is the part of the show where I get to say my little piece, say my perspective and my way in on what it is. You know, I love words and I love looking up words and I looked up extinction and it means no longer active, gone out of use, so black men are not. So they're still here, so they're not really extinct. I also looked up the words effeminate, and I looked up the word masculine. And effeminate means just showing the qualities that are suited for a woman, uh, being atypical of a man, uh, being delicate, over-refined about personal appearance. These are definitions of what's in the book about what it means to be. Then I looked up some statistics as to the number of male births in the black community just by a census from the CDC. In 2013, there were 2 million uh, males between the ages of 20 and 34 that were just registered with the CDC, and a million of those males were in jail, a million. Half of the men who were even registered were in jail or uh, incarcerated. There were over 583,000 live black male births. So we're having babies. The largest majority of single-parented homes are by single-parented black females at 85%. 85% of the single-parented homes are black females. Okay, then even if you go to black males, they have quadrupled. There are, a, there are four times as many black men with their children today than there were in 2001. These are all statistics. And so we're not we're not invisible, you know. I think I put a video up a couple of days ago, maybe even a week ago, where this national PSA for one of the areas that was having um, issues with black violence or violence against black males with the police, and he said that we were 13 percent of the population. He is absolutely wrong. We are actually, as a whole, black people are 25 percent. Of the population, so we got we're a fourth of everybody else here. And then when you look at some of the CDC numbers, there is this group of people that they don't know who they are. I don't know how you can even have that, but they have this statistic where there's uh, almost a fourth of the population that are registered as non-Caucasian, non-African American, non-Indian people. I don't know what they made out of. They're here too, but with respect to the topic. I really feel like I need to say just plainly 
that I am not against anybody particularly because of your sexual preference. Number one, because you are not going to tell me what to do in my bedroom. Like I'm a grown woman and you're a grown person too, so I'm not trying to prevent you from having sex with the same person if that's what you prefer. That, that that's that's when that's uh, that's a whole different issue has nothing to do, do with the topic which is to use social media uh the news and everything else to try to influence the thought that the majority of black men are either in jail dead dead be dead and now effeminate like that's just where I am against I'm against that I don't want to make people feel like that being gay is something that I'm just against. If you gay, you know, that don't bother me because that's not my personal preference of uh, sexuality. It has nothing to do with what I'm affiliated with, what I like. So it doesn't bother me. When you're human and you treat me humanly, that's all I'm worried about. But when you use your sexual preference as a badge to try to get me to uh, accept you being rude or you being um, uh, excessively disruptive, those types of things are not cute to me. I don't care if you're heterosexual, but I want you to just show the truth of the numbers. And the truth of the numbers are not that all of our men are deadbeats. It is not the truth. It is not the truth that all of our men do not want to take care of their children that all of the men call uh, women hoes and bitches and all of these negative epithets that people want it to be like that's what they expect. Once you allow those types of things to constantly be rehearsed in your head and the songs on the media, on the shows, even if you turn the television off, a lot of people are not. So what you do represent by what you do and how you act and how you speak does form a certain consciousness. And it's surprising to me that more men aren't more verbal about the character assassination of of them. Like I, I've I've seen more and more blogs and more and more uh, informationals about this whole show from women. It's like, and I mean personally, I take offense to you putting on a wig and some high, uh, eyeliner and calling yourself a, a girl. Or tucking your, you know, tucking yourself and putting on a leotard and switching around and snapping your hand and being disrespectful and snapping off at people, and that's supposed to be quote unquote a, a, a feminine attribute. It is not. It is not what women are. And to even, and then I've even seen people decide to compare a natural bone, and I did say bone, bone woman to a homosexual male or a transgender or someone who is just not born in the sex that their characteristics and their uh, actual actions toward the world or how they carry themselves in the world, you you can't compare that. That's like saying uh, uh, orange is just like a lemon. They're both in the same category, but it's just two different things. And so we, I just don't like the whole idea that it's going to be like cute for people to prance around on national television and exploit these boys. And one of them looks so sad. I'm sure there's a story behind it. Everybody has a story. But to use this propaganda, again, to say, oh, they're okay. They're, they're so okay that they got on lashes longer than mine, 
colors more than me, and and I'm the girl. Like it's just so it it is almost a, a cheap attempt to try to take away the fear that people have, and, and all people, black people, white people, everybody, the fear, the quote unquote fear that was is now being substituted with this just demasculinized male person, and it's just not cute to me. I don't agree with it. Uh, I don't want anybody to just bandwagon just because I'm saying it, but I don't expect that. I believe that we had a great conversation. I believe that everybody was able to say what they had to say. And in the show with my new commercial, see if you like it. Here we go. Are you tired? Are you sick and tired? Are you just plain done? Well, that's where I am, and we're going to change things. Here on The Empire, we change by informing, organizing, and doing things that really make a difference. If you have an organization or a program that is for the betterment of the human experience, that's where we're going to start. To be a part of this movement, please contact me. I am the Empress Cooper on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or email me at EmpressCooperDavison at gmail.com. Or just hit me up on my website, www.TheEmpress.com, where the Empress speaks and the Empire listens. Listen, I know that change won't just happen overnight. But nobody's going to change this but us. One last song before we go. Show next week. Don't know what time. Don't know what date. Just check me out on Facebook. That's www.TheEmpress.com. On the web and on Facebook as The Empress Cooper. Good night. As I lay me down to sleep I hear her speak to me Hello, Mari How you doing? I think the storm ran out of rain The clouds are moving I know you're happy Cause I can see it So tell the voice inside your head to believe it I talked to God about you He said he sent you an angel Look at all that he gave you Yes, for one and you got to Mm-hmm You know I never left you Cause every road that leads to heaven's right inside you So I can say Hello, my only one Just like the morning sun You keep on rising till the sky knows your name Hello, my only one Remember who you are No, you're not perfect But you're not your mistakes Hey, 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 hey Oh, the good always the bad Even on your day Remember I'd say Hey, hey, one day You'll be the man You always knew you could be And if you knew No, you wouldn't do that And no, I didn't pick the day to turn the page I know it's not the end every time I see her face And I hear you say, hello, my only one Remember, you got no brothers, you got love in your hands And you're still my chosen one So cute Hello, just hello. 
And when you cry, I will cry And when you smile, I will smile And next time when I look in your eyes We'll have wings and we'll fly